you're new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, where we host live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge, War of the Worlds, right here on our Facebook page. You can also listen to the audio version on all and any podcast platforms and apps out there. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, we're there. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice review. I am Shawnee Suisa from Los Angeles, and this is my co-host... Hi, I'm Zach, and what the hell was Paulie wearing in his confessional? <laughs> like, it was all like, things we will be diving into the outfits of Paulie. Wow, it was like a turtleneck, um, earmuffs. I don't know what was going on there. It complements Kara's uh, wolf hat very well. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to add us on any social media platforms. We are at Saniac Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We've been getting the occasional bit of hate lately, and we must say we're loving it. Somebody even told us not to quit our day jobs, guys. I mean, high dreams praise. like dreams really do come true. It's all I've been gunning for. They really do. You know, this is you know that you've made it once somebody dislikes you. And we even got some Twitter hate too. I'm not sure exactly what she meant by it, but I'm curious to see her reply. Um, Let us know where you're watching from. Drop your location in the comment section. You know, if you're watching this back or even playing back the audio later on, we always come through and read through the comments, you know, as best we can and see what people are asking later on. So if you guys have things and you've missed the live, feel free to drop those comments as well and we will get back to them. All right, Zach, we got to jump into this because what a freaking episode. It was really good, man. It was really good. Um, I already see people talking on Facebook. People are saying like, oh, the first three episodes of this season were better than all of last season. And they're right. And they were better than uh, the season before that. And the season before that shit is back. It's You know, it's true. And the first few episodes of this season, it was kind of like a trilogy almost like episode zero episode one episode two were a little bit slow but they gave us a really good foundation for what the season is to be and i think tonight we got um tonight we got i mean a killer pacing we got you know an elimination and a challenge and they weren't short challenges it wasn't a short elimination i mean it was full force this was hardcore shit uh and you know i i definitely really loved it i was pretty pretty pleased with what we got tonight and i loved how we started at the elimination from last episode and they gave us a twist right then and there like it was it was like no we're not finished with the georgia hunter elimination insanity like there's actually more to this story and they announced this twist of the relic which basically means that if you win an elimination you're safe for the next week i mean that's crazy let me tell you um how like i that was the, the first thing that stood out to me i was like wow i really like the relic and the thing i like about it is that it's not complicated it's a very good solid game twist and it's as simple as hell and that's what they weren't doing on any of the previous seasons if this was final reckoning it would be like oh you know if you win the relic in six weeks you can come (laughs) back from a purge or whatever uh this is just not only is it something that that you can go in and 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 earn that you you know it kind of reminds me of the lifesaver from Inferno or just like, yes, little that's exactly like that. what I, I was thinking about that. It's very lifesaver-esque in, uh, in twist nature. But overall it has, um, I think strategic significance because as it gets further into the game, teams could very well say, 
I want to go into elimination. I want to, I want a matchup that's in my favor and I want to make sure I'm preventing myself from elimination the next week. Mm. You know, teams might want to throw themselves in there to win the relic. That just adds another level. It's true. It gives them a motive to actually want to go in and compete, which is a big deal in the challenge because most of the time people are trying to avoid elimination like it's the plague. Um, I also think like the relic twist is basically the elevated version of a shitty redemption house. You know, it gives people a chance to stay in the game without making it so obnoxiously annoying. And it's as if, you know, they haven't really earned it. Somebody leaves and then they, you know, they get to come back in almost instantly right after in redemption versus this relic where they just earn the privilege of not being able to be sent home the following week, which, you know, I think I think it's really cool. Um, so I like that little touch. All right, so we move into the house from there and we got a little bit of, you know, some Georgia bear glimpses, which was pretty cute. Um, I mean, they're a cute couple, but bear's like such an asshole. So I don't know how exactly that's going to work out um, longevity-wise, but they definitely make a nice duo. Uh, and then we get Bananas, who comes to this realization that I really appreciated because it's what I've been preaching the whole time about the Brits, which is he is sitting there realizing the fact that they've come into this house. They can take him out of his bunk bed when he's in a mood, you know, not doing well in the game and make him go outside and have a lot of fun. And that's not something that was, uh, you know, pretty standard in the house before it was like you like people were just in clicks and you got shunned and whatever it was, like your mood really showed. And I think now with the Brits who are in here, who are used to having lots of fun on reality TV. Like they're used to just getting drunk. They don't really care. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not as competitive in nature. So he's seeing the benefit of these guys coming in here and elevating the whole mood of the place. And it's like, that's something that we haven't had on the show before. Yeah. He, uh, Johnny to this day, never warmed up to, are you the one kids, but Mm. pretty much within a, a two season radius, he, he has a lot of respect for, um, uh, for the Brits and for some of the other players that are being brought into the game. Mm-hmm. I guess he just deems them as, as more deserving, more worthy opponents. Yeah, exactly. And and he also just sees them as like a, a plus in the house, you know, not just something that's bringing the mood down. Because I think a lot of the Are You The One kids came in there guns blazing to get Bananas out. And, you know, they made it almost impossible for him to actually like them because they always targeted him. So yeah. I definitely see that. Then we get probably your least favorite part of the episode where Kara steps in after Maddie and Kyle kiss, which I thought was so lame. I was totally team cam on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just an example of Kara being a hypocrite and kind of slut shaming and just continuing drama. That's been dead. You know, she's just being dramatic. And then if it comes back on her, she's going to whine about it. I have a really big problem with people who, are in a relationship or in like a hookup and then things don't go perfectly well in that situation and they end up hating the other person like like in 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 their entirety you know what I mean it's like at one point you guys were friends you were getting along you were hooking up obviously you thought at some point in time that that was like a solid human being or at least worthy enough of you and your body and then all of a sudden you know something doesn't go right and instantly it's like oh well that person sucks I hate them and da 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 and especially in a case where it's like Kara and Kyle they weren't that I don't know they just weren't that serious it was just a little bit weird and I think she's taking it too far let Maddie have some fun I mean, Cara, what are you saying about yourself when you're calling someone out for kissing a guy that you've been with and you're saying STDs? Are you trying to imply that 
you you caught an std from kyle or like mm. what what is what is the point of that what purpose does it serve you to say that and then she tries to come over and like uh shake hands with maddie and play it off all cool like yeah it was girl. just so lame oh it was just I, I was cam's face during that whole interaction was my face watching it mm-hmm. um all right, so then the last thing we get inside the house before the daily challenge is this depressed Zach. And, you know, say what you will about him and Jenna's relationship, but when things aren't going well for them, Zach is a, I mean, he is just like a mess. Every single time something goes wrong, he's a mess when it comes to him and Jenna. He is a very emotionally volatile person. This happens so often with him, these emotional fits. Mm. And man, I, I don't know what to say. Zach was all over the place in this episode. I, I, there's so many different places where we're going to go with this. People are saying that, that uh, Kyle and Kara were more serious, but I just think Kara falls really easily. And I don't really think that they, I mean, they just weren't, if you, I don't know, I, I'm not going to buy that they were that serious. It seemed like they were very much not committed to each other just yet. Um, and in that mode. So I don't really know the whole story, but that's my take on it. And Zach, I, I don't know what it is with tall human beings, like tall men, but they're really emotional. <laughs> they're just like really, emo- like I've seen this time and time again. It's like, they're super emotional if they're tall over six foot. They cry more often. Look at Josh. Josh is like all Sadie McSaddiesons. And he he's, was... he- <laughs> Zach looks thinner. I think he needs a cupcake. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Zach, but he is all emotion. I mean, nonstop. Uh-oh. Um, when Zach like first started on the show, he was like 230 pounds or like 220. Like he was a more. big man. I think yeah, more because he, he's he was, tall too. Yeah, he was built and uh, he is very skinny. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, he's very vulnerable when it comes to Jenna. Um, all right, let's jump in to the daily challenge. Uh, sorry about the freezing, guys. A little internet connection error there, but. I promise it will maybe happen again. Um, it's technology right. <laughs> people, it happens. So daily challenge, search and destroy. Now, this was a pretty insane visual challenge. I think we knew we were going to get something exciting tonight. Uh, basically, the breakdown for all of you, if you haven't seen it, there is a giant stone graveyard, kind of like a maze and a massive mud pit. When TJ says go, the guys are going to search through the graveyard for a ball. Once they find a ball, they bring it and pass it to their partner. Then she has to run through the mud pit and make it to the end zone of the mud pit. The guys and girls will alternate rolls through four rounds. There will always be three less balls than teams in the round, which means that the bottom three teams will be eliminated each round and the top three teams of the fourth round will become the tribunal. So this was kind of intense and we got to see... I think what this challenge showed us was who's willing to fight and who's willing to get dirty to fight and to win. Cough, Georgia. This was this was awesome. This was so fulfilling to watch. Um, it was an it, it was just a well thought out challenge. There's not really anything. Sometimes we nitpick the design of these things. There's nothing you can nitpick. It's really well done. Um, it was challenging on both sides, whether you were running and trying to find a ball and then the absolute grueling battle to get the ball across the finish line. And also, let me just point out, this is why it is so much better 
to have evenly matched teams, either mm. guy and girl teams uniformly or guy and guy, girl and girl all the way through. This is a challenge that you can't have when you have male, female teams, some teams, female, female, some teams, you know, male, male, like, yeah. You, you couldn't do this last season because everything was so unfairly balanced this season. Um, it's uniform right through. You can just strip these concepts down. You don't have to have all the twists and turns and it just flows better. It was physical. It's what everybody wants to see in a challenge. Yeah. We talked about this so much in final reckoning, our disdain for the genderless challenges because it just made it such shitty competition to watch. Like you don't want to see Kyle tossing and turning Natalie in a hamster wheel to the point where she can't freaking breathe or catch a break or not break her neck because he's, you know, he's going so hard. You want to see like some insane cam on Georgia, on Morgan, on Ninja, you know, wrestling where it's like the girls get down and the guys get down. Okay, so I do need to say I'm already growing tired of hearing people saying ninja go in it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm good. I'm hoping. Well, what do that, we call um, her, Natalie? Too like. Yeah, honestly, call her Natalie. Does anybody even really think that Natalie Negroti's on this season? <laughs> I legitimately forgot she hasn't had a scene at all. Did you see the scene of JP though, where he crosses the finish line and he like it's like raw, and they make it an <laughs> echo on the vocals and stuff? It was so intense. Yes, I did. And then in that moment, I was like, "Wait, who's that guy's partner again?" Oh, it's Natalie. Oh, it's okay. Natalie. Oh, completely oh, yeah. forgot about them. Um, <laughs> okay, we can we can stop calling. Well, I'm gonna still call her Ninja. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not doing it. I refuse. You can call her Natalie. You can call her Duran. Um, okay. All right, so let's go through this round one. This is, you know, the boys are finding the balls first. I get serious, like, Maze Runner vibes. We get a little bit of, you know, them chasing, finding the balls. And instantly, Jenna and Nani just finish that first off. Um, and then we have this speed of Zahida, Natalie, Maddie all coming in through. And then you have the fights. What did you think of Georgia versus Amanda? Because that was maybe one of my favorite battles in the mud. I'm going to have to retract what I said on Instagram earlier this week. I was like, man, Georgia, she could, she could be the next Casey Cooper. You know, she could be a very petite blonde who is carried through um, eliminations and competitions by her very talented partner and who has a lot of fun on the show, but she is scrappy. Mm -hmm. um, she really fought and impressed, I would say. She kind of reminds me of a cross between Kimberly and Gen G because in the sense of like she's small and brittle like Kimberly, but who's also still scrappy and fighty, but with almost a stronger skill set similar to like Gen G back in the day when she wasn't bodybuilder built yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a pretty good comp. Um, she's definitely capable of more uh, on the physical side than I realized. I still maintain that. I mean, I've, really wasn't that impressed by her in elimination last week because as we pointed out Ashley <laughs> yeah. pretty much threw that heat which nobody has talked about but this week she was fighting I mean who who was it? she took uh she took Nani on right I think mm -hmm. that was yeah. yeah that was a good one as well all right so then we have the Cam Ninja versus Morgan fight uh which basically set the pace I mean I think from that point on I kind of had a feeling that the legend they were you know throwing out there that was going home was going to be bananas because it seemed like there was so much foreshadowing towards mm -hmm. his demise in this episode um, yeah that so, tease pretty much that that i was convinced the whole time that that's what was going to happen 
I thought it was going to be CT. Um, all right, so then, so basically, Cam and Ninja take on Morgan, and she has no chance from there. Uh, Devon just runs through with nobody stopping her. Julia as well. Kara pretty much has no one blocking her either. Georgia gets in there after taking the ball. And then you have D versus Shailene, which was a hilarious fight. Oh, my this God. This girl has no chance, and she's so much taller than D, so it's weird that she can't, like, get in there at all. We need to talk about Shailene. Um because I don't think we're going to be talking about her much longer. This is the most airtime she'll get this season. <laughs> yes, we have focused on the fact that, that she brings nothing onto the table. She has very low you know, social media profile. She didn't do anything on her season of Bachelor Canada or whatever that she was on. Like, nobody she, was, knows her. she was out like the first week or something. Yeah, she, ha- you know, she has had zero screen time up to this point. And on top of that, she got completely uh, i mean i can't, you can't even say that she got destroyed she pretty much just rolled over she had a ball she rolled over it got taken from her easily you know mm. she didn't compete at all so she's bringing nothing to the table she's just really not a competitor she's more i think i don't know i just don't see her as someone who's going to get in there at all like she's definitely not a naya type partner for leroy at all or <sighs> teresa well, on top of that leroy just I've just been getting that sense watching this whole season. Like Leroy just doesn't seem like he is the same Leroy. He's not on his game anymore. So I think they're, they're just a straight up layup team. They have no chance. I mean, well now as well with their biggest ally gone. So it's definitely going to be difficult for him for sure. Um, All right. So the people that were out in the first round were Shailene and Leroy, Amanda and Josh and Johnny and Morgan. I was surprised Amanda didn't do better than that. I mean, I, I was confused because they had a ball early and she was on the ground, you know, really fighting for it. I figured as time went on, she would probably have a chance as people gave up on her. But Mm. I I don't think they ever showed someone ripping that ball from her. But but they you know, they did. Somebody eventually got it from her and they they were out. Um, Yeah, I am. I I want Amanda and Josh to stay in the game because they're entertaining as hell. And they're I was the most entertaining portion of this show right now, just so yeah. in case everybody's aware. Their their battles are my favorite. This is what I meant by fresh fights was Amanda and Josh. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I really, really, really want them to stick around. And we're through another episode and they're still here. All right. So round two, we get, you know, pretty solid battle from everybody on this end. We see Theo just sort of running through the mud with his little long, lanky legs. You know, he's like kind of a little giraffe in there these days. Um, and then the... This is when the the sort of Zach pass happens, which sets the tone for what's going to come later in the episode. And essentially, you see Zach there fighting for his ball and Wes, who breaks away from the pack and goes towards the end zone. And Wes just says, Zach, Zach, like pass the ball, you know, as if you're playing like a quick pickup game or you're at home and someone has like a bouncy ball in their hands and you're like, yo, yo, pass. And so Zach instinctually, you know, head out of the game, just throws it to Wes. And I'd love to know what you think about this accident or intentional. Very intentional. Ooh. I like that. First and foremost, I love that Wes was the only person who climbed like up onto the stone blocks and was running on. He was like doing parkour on top of them looking for a ball. Obviously, it didn't help him because he didn't come up with anything. But just in that moment, it was definitely intentional. And Zach, as has been proven, pretty much Zach's entire social game is just playing in between and good friends to like all the perceived strong veterans. So he Mm. just, you know, he just gets in with all of them 
Um, yeah. He doesn't really make, you know, he's, he's even in with Kyle. He's in with Johnny. Apparently he's in with Wes. He's in with Leroy. He's in with Tony. He's in with Cara. That's his whole game. And uh, he clearly had something going on with Wes. He felt comfortable enough in that moment to throw him the ball. Yeah. See, my thing though is my thinking is, is, it's more of a play on Wes's part because the way he said Zach, I mean, it was like he knew Zach wouldn't t- wouldn't think, you know, he's like he knew Zach wouldn't take a second thought at whether or not to throw him the ball because he said it so quickly and in like this competitive environment. It just felt like a one word manipulation masterpiece on Wes's part that led to <laughs> Zach sort of making this play that ended up, I mean, I guess you could say it didn't screw him over in the end because he won that limb, but I mean, in a way it just sort of set him up to, you know, breaking his playing the middle strategy. It was a fantastic play from Wes, but I also think he's taking advantage of the fact that I believe the two guys that were going after Zach at that time, it was, um, I think, like Turbo and Bear or whoever it was. And yeah, I, I think Wes, without even saying it, is just appealing to him like, hey, do you want one of those guys, an unknown, to cross the finish line? Or I'm a known commodity. You know that I'll help you out. Throw me the ball. Yeah. And in that moment, that's what Zach did. But then Zach realized that um, – that he screwed Johnny in the process, but um, we're going to talk about this as it gets further in the episode. I really want to, I really want to analyze this incredible uh, brohood friendship between Zach and Johnny that apparently exists. We'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely going to dive deep into that as well for sure. Um, all right, so in that round, um, we had Kyle and Maddie, Zahida and Zach and Baron Devon leave, uh, and then we head into round three. Uh, so again, the guys are looking for the balls. Uh, this is when you see uh, CT pass Wes a ball. He's like, Wes, you want a ball? And he passes him one, which was really cute. Very um, champs versus we, stars of them. We have to talk about CT. I, I need to get this in real quick. Um, I said online earlier this week that immediately off the bat, this challenge reminds you of that opening challenge from Gauntlet Three. It's very that, similar to that challenge. It's that's like one a where DM up. takes off her her. No, 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 that's that's from the duel. This is the one where this is when CT had like longer hair, and it was CT at you know just like a physical beast and he's just it was ct yes when he's like super so shredded like that yeah. was like shredded ct days i know exactly yeah. which senior t- i remember his abs in and, that scene <laughs> and he's like trying so hard i remember he was going up against uh derek from road rules viewers revenge and he's like tr- ct's trying so hard and it's like everybody else is going in slow motion and it's hilarious but i watched that i watched this challenge tonight i was like man i really missed that ct and then you look at ct and I'm sorry, guys. Maybe maybe this is body shaming or whatever PC term you want to apply to it. Like CT's got a fucking gut. His 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 stomach's like hanging he, out. I mean, yeah, he's not. I mean, well, yeah, but think about like what was it? Invasions when he was like really chubby. I mean, think about like CT has not been ripped on the past few seasons. It's not like he's gonna magically this come is, back. This like was hench. noticeable. Like I I know he's been dad bod CT. This I looked at. I was like, yo, homie is. CT's that I I want to say CT maybe hit the gym a couple times before invasion. I don't think he's hitting the gym at all, and he still dominates. He's still <laughs> he's still a great competitor. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like God. I want to see like physically dominant, fit CT. I miss it. I miss it too. I just don't think we're gonna get that back. But I do know what you mean. Like I miss watching him 
it's almost like, you know, when you're watching a football game, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but as a girl watching a football game, every time I see them tackle each other, I just think to myself, like, I would die. Like, if I was right there, like, in that middle, right in that zone, I'm dead. I'm gone. Like, there's nothing. That's all I think about when I'm watching those games, I swear. And whenever I used to watch old school CT, like, in hall brawl days and, like, those kind of things where it's just, like, he's crashing into people and smack, literally smashing heads, yeah. it, it, it's... It's so, I mean, I just, I miss that. I'm nostalgic, I'm nostalgic for it, I, you know? I want CT, like, chiseled from from stone, running into Johnny and Tyler and literally knocking their asses in two different directions. That's, that's kind of what I want. I'm going to make a reference here that'll probably lose, like, half the audience, but... Um, you know, it reminds me of a couple of years ago. Uh, this is this is a pro wrestling reference, of course. When when Bill Goldberg came back to pro wrestling, and he had been gone for a decade. And is that a Jew, remembers, a Jewish wrestler? Yes, yes, he's wow. a Jewish man. That's exciting. And everybody remembers that, that Bill Goldberg was like two hundred and ninety pounds, just cut, and he was older. And his whole entire point was like, I'm not coming back unless I'm in that kind of shape that people can remember me in. And he did it. He, he, was, he was on an intense physical training regiment and he was cut up. Mm. And man, that's what I want CT as. I want him back. I mean, he could do it. I just don't think he's going to want to. No, he's not going to want to. He wants to, you know, CT. I think CT's still a, still a smoker, which as we all know, I respect the hell out of with our challengers. And, <laughs> we do. Uh, we appreciate smokers on the challenge. <laughs> I do appreciate that. But you know, I also think, you know, CT's knocking the, knocking the beers back and he still gets out there and competes. But I wonder if they uh, picked up weed this season because, they, I mean, the rumor was Wes was always the first one to go pick up shit on any of the shows. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's apparently gone a lot stricter now, but I just can't imagine that they wouldn't try. Like with Bear on the show, he's such a cheeky human being. Like they just definitely would have the balls to go try. And I feel like they would get away with a lot of it because they have so much more pull now as a it, cast. It always goes back to cigarettes for me, and it always goes back to weed for you. It's very interesting, our <laughs> conversational patterns. Um, all right. So, yeah, the Cuban food. I see Fabi's talking about how we definitely have to blame the Cuban food that Lily's cooking, CT. I mean, that's probably oh, yeah. what it is. He's a dad. Oh, yeah. He's eating. You Who, can who's see that, it. Who's that guy that called us out on Facebook for unnecessary uh, conversational topics? He's going to love this one. He's oh, <laughs> Stephen Carmichael. Yeah. Yes, he has Steven. the coolest name. He has the shittiest profile, though. There's nothing on there. He could very well be a fake person. So yeah. I didn't let him into the Saniacs group because we're quite exclusive when it comes to fake profiles in that in that group. Um, but he, he's hilarious. And he has a really good name for a brand. Like if he wants to start something, Stephen Carmichael, I would buy that. A watch, a, a piece of clothing. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds great. This- Stephen Carmichael track oh, yeah, jacket. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen this new Stephen Carmichael? It's unreal. Like, oh my God. <laughs> got this straight off the rack. We gotta make Stephen Carmichael shirts. Um, okay, so so then we go into uh round four. Do we do round three? Oh, so round three out is CT Julia, Nani Turbo, and Natalie JP. And then round four, top three winners were Polly, Wes, and Ash. And at one point you saw Theo like going at it with everybody, which I thought was pretty impressive. And then Ash coming in like and basically grabs that third ball out of his hand and just runs it across. And he literally looks like a monkey, a gorilla running through the mud pit. I mean, it was crazy. I, I was a big fan of that that moment uh, right there my people will love this but when theo was sprinting down the uh, sidelines i was like no 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 tackle 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 <laughs> i don't want to see Kara's ass in the tribunal amy i fixed my hair for you did you see that little hair swipe that was for amy 
I forget he's matched with Kara. You know, on Twitter, one of the defenders uh, was like, I thought you guys hated Kara when I posted about the Kara quiz that's on our website. Mm. And I was like, no, no, don't worry. We're not full hatred of Kara over here. At least yeah. not enough to maximize our website views based on People got to understand, we are like on different sides of the spectrum. That's that's what we do. That's part of the draw of this. We're not in lockstep with each other on shit. Yeah, and I will disagree with things that I've said a month ago as well. I think that's the benefit of um, being human. Okay, so then we go into the tribunal. We have the nominees and the tribunal court. And basically, uh, it's obviously Polly and Ninja seem to be, you know, riding the Kyle rivalry hard. So they're going for Kyle and Maddie. Wes and Dee. Uh, what is with my Wi-Fi? There we you're go. good. You're good. Um, so then you have Wes and D who go for Bananas and Morgan. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Cam and Ash who basically throw a burn vote towards Amanda and Josh, which, I mean, I guess it is what it is. But I don't really understand the hate for Amanda so much. Like, she's so I thought it fucking was, um, funny. I thought it was stupid in the moment. And uh, I totally agree with you. And then I, I guess from Cam's perspective, it was just like, okay, well, we're going to say somebody's name who's already been in there so as not to make any enemies. But then they were, but then at on the killing floor, they voted, you know, she said Amanda's name again. So I was just like, what the hell? Man yeah, then, it, then it's not a burn vote. Then it's like, okay, you're trying to send them in. It also, it was just a bit weird to me to see Cam not try and make a power move, but I, I know why she wasn't, you know, she's in a good position socially, so she's not trying to, I guess, like, stir things up, but I was pretty surprised about that, and on top of that, Amanda and Josh, to me, are kind of in a good social position right now, believe it or not, because Ashley left, so they're sort of these lone soldiers, it's like, why target one person who doesn't have many allies in the house you know what i mean? I was really worried that amanda and josh would be the first team sent home and the more i see them i don't want them sent home because they're entertaining as hell josh looks like he's ready to cry at a moment's notice <laughs> and amanda is just hilarious and i mean they're in better standing now one of the people that one that would go after them the most is out of the game yeah, um, which is so that's, huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I mean, this so. is the best. I think this is probably the best position she's been in in a while because she usually has way more enemies in the house, at least actively trying to go for her. Um, okay, so in the tribunal court, we have Bananas giving just like a shit speech, you know, calling out Wes, making it really blunt to the point. He kind of knows he can't save himself at that point. So it's all sort of hands up, whatever. Uh, Amanda and Josh doing some decent negotiating i think they're working in terms of politicking they're doing solid at least in the tribunal court and then you get kyle who in my opinion i mean if we're using bb language right kyle is the epitome of a floater like he's just gonna do his damnness to basically not make it into elimination not see any sort of danger or risk of going home and just sort of float between all of the alliances in the house whoever's in power kind of a thing and and you can see that you know he's just he's just that in a nutshell he's a floater kyle um kyle knew for sure he's like there's no chance in hell i'm going into this elimination he knew it i'm sure him and wes had it all straightened out he mm. knew it and, uh, you know, he had a little a little pep in his step with it. He walks out. He whispers to vote Johnny. He, he knew where it was going. Yeah. Um, he is, ah, you know what? I was thinking to myself tonight. I, I've never really had a stance on Kyle. 
And I'm thinking to myself tonight, I'm pretty sure I have to align myself with Kyle and mm-hmm. you hate Kyle. Um, but Kyle and I <laughs> do not uh, really we, such a big fan. Kyle and I fight for the same cause. So I think it's because of that, that, um, I'm officially pro Kyle declaring it right here for everyone. I mean, what was it recently? Kyle said something recently that I really, Oh, it was okay. So Amanda got this crazy ass, like comment on one of her Instagram posts. I mean, this was this was like dirty shit. Like, go die. You're the reason your your mom left. Like horrible, horrible stuff. Like crazy, mm-hmm. crazy paragraph. And Kyle actually replied to the comment and basically defended Amanda. And it was a moment of it was almost like a moment of, whoa, holy shit, do I have to like Kyle now? Because I felt for a second like this guy's actually a really decent human and I should probably stop hating him so much. I mean, I just can't help it because of Jordy Shore. But at the end of the day, in terms of, you know, an unbiased look on him on the challenge, I'm definitely feeling him right now. And I'm also feeling the way he treated his cast member on Instagram because people treat them like shit and especially ones like Amanda. So I was I was pretty pleased with that little response um, from Kyle and... Then we go into the house from this tribunal court and we get, I mean, we get this like high tension. It it wasn't even such a fight. It was just a moment of extreme tension between Bananas and Wes. And Mm -hmm. they were just sat there kind of not knowing if one was going to yell or not. And, you know, you hear Zach, I mean, you hear Zach's agony through the screen as he's sitting there with his hands on his head and he's he's just like, fuck, like, what the fuck did I do? But I think deep down he also knows that it's it might be sort of satisfactory to finally pick a side because he never does that, you know? So it's, it's sort of like, all right, I guess my side has been picked for me now. I don't have to pretend to be on both aisles. I think... Um, both sides just... of the aisle. Wow, sorry. Continue. <laughs> It's all right. Uh, first of all, yes, to the people in the in the comments. Of course, I'm talking about uh, the anti car cause. If Kyle is on the tribunal, he's throwing her ass in, and I respect that. Or Polly, so, we don't know which way he's gonna go. Yeah, he could. Secondly, um, Johnny had the look on his face. Man, he knew it. He knew it the whole time. He's like, "There's, there's no avoiding this. I got played, mm. and I'm done." It was, uh, and that's that's where the intensity came from, you know, that when he said it to us, like, are, are we really going to do this? Is this what it's going to be about? And mm. it's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's tango. Here we go. I think you see also, I mean, okay, so think back to Sopranos, right? Or any mob movie out there. And one of the biggest themes or, you know, things that happen in those movies is the fact that whether or not somebody fucks up intentionally, unintentionally, or, you know, completely out of zero malice makes a mistake that ends up resulting in something negative for the mob boss, they always retaliate because they have to show an example. And in that moment, Bananas for sure felt like if he didn't go after Zach for that, then he would be setting a precedent that's like, well, Bananas is not going to call you out. You can fuck him over. And I think he kind of did that when it came to Tony. And so he felt like he had to redeem himself a little bit and he just couldn't stand for it. He's also been being walked all over loads. So I just think... I just think he feels like he had to make a stand. He had to make an example out of Zach. I mean, it didn't work, but he had to try at least to some extent. I'll let us get further to that point, but I do have some thoughts on that. Amy asked a fantastic question. 
are the ratings for the show, which were a big news story this week. The, the show hit a ratings high that they haven't touched since Rivals 2 for the last episode, which is yeah. super impressive. Uh, so people have been talking a lot about the ratings the last uh, couple of days. There's a lot of people implying that, you know, the influx of Big Brother people is helping the ratings, the influx of the Brits. So Amy is wondering, are the ratings hurt by Johnny leaving the show this early? Hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think on any normal season, like given in the past maybe five or six seasons, they would have really impacted. It would have really impacted the, the ratings for sure. Bananas leaving. But I think think i'm not sure i think there's enough momentum in this season that it's really you know good quality tv and one of the best seasons we've seen in a long time that perhaps maybe 80 percent of the people that typically would have stopped watching because bananas got out are still going to continue watching obviously you're going to have the diehards like possibly brent and them who are you know actually not going to watch the show because bananas left (laughs) <laughs> because I mean, he does. He stops watching the show when Bananas he leaves. Only but watches seasons of the show that Johnny is on. That's why he only saw events, one episode but... of the duel. So it's you know, this is like, this is this is this is that kind of crowd. And I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's gonna if it's gonna show as big of a drop as it would in other seasons. Also, though, it's important to know the ratings apparently that was being thrown around that I found out later wasn't actually it wasn't actually 1.55 million. It was mm-hmm. a 1.55 rating which yeah, is different yeah. than People a number that, yeah I'm, I'm a big nielsen rating guy i usually pay a lot more attention to it when it comes to sports but yes so people need to understand if, if that's a 1.5 share that's 1.5 percent of households watching i believe watching the show so it's not necessarily 1.5 million people it's still impressive because the show you know is usually averaging like a 0.3 0.4 something yeah. like that so that's very impressive uh, for a show that's been struggling, um, they're not struggling, just kind of plateauing. Well, definitely um, struggling to not hit a million. I mean, come on, it's just it's ridiculous. I I have um, several thoughts on this. First and foremost, the ratings are actually something you're really going to want to pay close attention to for the rest of the season because you you want to track what are the ratings for this season that has so much hype going to do without Johnny on the show because that actually dictates a lot moving forward for the future of the show there's people who don't want to see Johnny on every season there's other people who do want to see Johnny on every season yes. so for the people that feel like Johnny needs to take a break if the ratings continue to have success to stay at this level to possibly get greater uh to rise above this point then that tells MTV and that tells production okay Uh, We can give Johnny a break. We can give Johnny a couple seasons off. And Johnny himself has to be thinking, oh, my God, I need to take time off this show. I mean, I'm sure the paychecks are very nice for him, but his game is shot. Everyone's going after him. He's in the Mm. worst situation politically. Now, on the ratings side of it, it's kind of like market research. I agree. This is market research for them in terms of potential cast casting that they could do in the future. And I think the ratings are going to stay at this level because they have Wes and they have CT from the side of people who are tuning in to see familiar MTV faces. But then you can also say, you can also buy into the fact that the Brits are bringing an influx of ratings. The big brother people are bringing an influx of ratings. So you have all Mm -hmm. them. You still Mm -hmm. have all of them. You have, you have Wes who's killing it right now. Who's just, you know, being the best version of Wes 
And you have CT who has a very dedicated fan base. So I think they will supplement Johnny's side of it. And the, uh, the outsiders are still going to be bringing in good viewership. I agree with that. And I also think this season has a lot of potential to bring in a new generation of diehard challenge fans. I, I don't think people are realizing that. And there's so much argument about the OGs. You know, the OGs are bringing in the ratings, the OGs. But it's bullshit. Like, Wes hasn't been gone for that long. Nani hasn't been gone for that long. And Nani and Wes, like, they're great. But we had also Derek. We had Darrell. We had CT. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like we had a shortage of OGs. We had Veronica. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. That's like as much of a legend as you can get is Veronica who set the tone for this whole show. If it's, it's not the OGs bringing in the, the ratings guys, like it's just not, you have to Honestly, think about it from that perspective. Um, yeah. The, the, what, what I think benefits ratings a lot is having just better overall seasons, better formats, like things that people are buying into yeah. that helps. That's going to keep ratings consistent. There's only a smaller pocket of fans who you might who aren't watching the show that you might bring back to the show by having certain legends on exactly it's so small it's so small that's that's a niche like one of the unique things about the challenge community that we are all discovering it really is a phenomenon every single person i talk to about this show i talk to online through facebook and twitter because i don't have anyone else in my life that watches this show and that's honestly that is so common i guarantee you most of the people that are in our live right now don't really have anyone that they watch the show with that they talk to about the show in their life it's the people that they converse with online and those are the you know that's a certain percentage of the people watching and those are the people who would say like yeah bring back brad yeah yeah yeah, yeah but exactly. the, ca- the casual viewer is always what MTV is going to be going for because the casual viewer comes in droves. The mm-hmm. casual viewer comes in, in, in much larger numbers, and that's what they're trying to recapture. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that's why, I mean, for example, on our Instagram, we've gotten a few messages recently uh, about people saying, you know, they have nobody to talk about the show with. They're so happy they found our podcast because they can finally discuss it with actual fans because nobody in their real life watches the challenge i mean that happens nonstop. you think i send my friends this podcast it's like i'm constantly producing content on this show but i'm not going to send my friends this episode and be like listen to this they don't watch the show what are they going to even care like it's not like this is you know sure maybe our mikey p episode was more general and meaningful but i'm still not gonna you have to be a fan of this show you have to be a fan of the community in order to get involved in this kind of stuff it's definitely a niche environment and they're trying to make that niche bigger. And a lot of people don't realize how diehard the Big Brother fan community is compared to the Challenge fan community. They're similar to us, just a lot larger. And so the fact yeah. that some people from Big Brother have come on the show, that's potential for these people who are already primed to enjoy competition reality TV, you know, to watch their Big Brother favorites and and potentially have them become you know future diehard challenge fans so there's so many different factors but i think you know the ones who really think it's just the ogs like are living in their own dream world and and i mean trust me guys i there's so many ogs that i want that like nobody yeah yeah we love them (laughs) nobody wants old school versus new school more than me but yes he's old enough to remember every single episode (laughs) (laughs) no comment um the (laughs) Honestly, at this point, the best thing, like like the best chance we have to get that is going to be a cutthroat format. Mm. And, and that, that, that is 
the future season that is most realistic that we need. And I old want school, a cutthroat so new bad. School, and then your third team you can have comprised of the Brits, the big brother people, the survivors. Well, it should people. be like OGs, like OGs, OGs, mm-hmm. just challenge vets, like all the people, you know, a- yep. AYTO, real world, road rules, all those peeps. And then this like new school team, like a, yeah. a real rookies team, which would be killer. There's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. And it's, it's the thing that's going to satisfy, uh, it's every qualification for what a season needs to be right now. And they can rebrand it. They don't need to call it cutthroat Two. obviously MTV is not interested in doing that anymore. They're going to take form. If, if this season shows you anything, it's that they need to take previous formats that were successful, like fresh meat and rebrand them rebrand it exactly come up with your fancy name so come up with cutthroat two and call it uh you know king of the hill or battle for bighorn whatever shit you want to call it i don't know yeah 100 percent agree with that i also think people put too much stock though in terms of what the branding has done for this season ratings wise because the branding on all the past few seasons has been pretty phenomenal in terms of the marketing that they're getting out there at least pre-season before the show the trailers all looked really good the first Mm -hmm. episodes were all kind of like pow pow and it just didn't live up to its hype so i think that you know we just have to give some more stock with this big brother brits cast i mean well, what is good is that um, unlike the previous seasons that all looked had they had that polished movie look to it, like you said, this season's actually delivering. And honestly, it's you have to attribute this to Justin Booth. Mm. He's back on the show. He's running shit. And it the, the actual competition side of it is delivering. Uh, A shitty producer is very apparent when it comes to these shows. I mean, you can see it. It's so clear because they just make really bad moves you know that if something goes wrong and then they come up with a twist that's just super shitty and you can see it you can just see it in in the past few seasons um all right shout out to um shout out to joy amy and erlene up here in our chat uh they just uh they just wrapped up a really solid virtual season were you really Um, were you playing were you a player girls do you see do you see my eyes shifting around (laughs) do you you get that's a little that's, that's a little tea we can move on Honestly, that season was so funny. I really didn't I I didn't have enough time. Like Alan just asked me to play his season and I, I just I don't know what to say because I have no time. I thought I was gonna be able to dedicate more time, but it was jokes um for while it lasted. Okay, so let's go into this house drama because it was pretty incredible. We have Amanda versus Josh right after the sort of West Bananas fight. Right into Amanda versus Josh, you have Davon lying on the bed, laughing her ass off at this whole situation that's going on. And probably my favorite fight of the past like five seasons easily right here is Josh versus Amanda because this is what I call the perfect balance between comedy, drunk, substance, and just audience viewership. Because you need somebody who's laughing in the background to make it a little bit more lighthearted as well. Josh is incredible. (laughs) Because when he speaks, you can just hear the whimper in his voice. Like he's so ready to cry. Because he's so and deep. He takes things so deep. He's like, no, what, did you just call me a bitch? Like, did you, did you, did you just, did you just, in the past five and minutes, you've called me an idiot, a bitch, a moron. I mean, what else are you going to call me? And it's like, Amanda's so drunk. How are you taking her seriously? That's what I was about to say. 
Amanda was so clearly fucked up. <laughs> she's like, I'm a cut a bitch if I go into the elimination. And she's just like eating snacks, like throwing food in. And Josh is like, I can't believe you're telling me this. Like, I can't believe that you really think that stuff about me. Like, oh my God. And then Amanda's just like, whatever. Fuck it. My drama has purpose. Yeah. Uh, Best line of the night. Reverse psychology. <laughs> I think she said reverse. Honestly, it was so funny. When she said her drama has purpose, to me, that was exactly what the fan community needs to hear in order to understand that Amanda's not just a malicious, satanic devil. Like, she does this stuff to have fun. She does it to go in there and cause a little bit of a stir. Honestly, I don't see people going to be gunning after her much because she's just so on an island of her own right now in this season. Like, And it's not like they're this massive powerhouse team. If they lose enough challenges, they could fly right through to the final because they could be seen as a layup like if 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 they play that card right they could very well have that strategy work out for them and it's just like so funny to me watching her cause shit i mean since day one she's been on the show she's been doing purposeful useless drama yeah and i really hope that they stick around at least a couple more weeks couple more episodes because without johnny in there she just gets to kind of flex flex a little bit relax stretch out enjoy herself even more um it's going to be great. It's entertaining as hell. Like if production should be cutting corners to keep anyone around, that's who they should be cutting corners for. Well, they did. Episode yeah. one, keeping Josh Damn. in. Yeah, Damn you guys right can did. hate Amanda all you want. Whatever. You guys can hate her. I'm just I'm also I'm just going to love her. I love Amanda. She's hilarious. She's actually funny on the show. Like she's that drunk friend that you don't want to be solely responsible for taking care of because she's probably a little bit of a mess. But you definitely want to have a first year seat at whatever antics she's going to like have coming. She's going to be taking snacks and throwing them at people. Like who doesn't love someone who throws snacks at somebody? Let me tell you what. I will respect any Cara fan who comes forward and crosses over the picket line and says, you know what? I really like Cara, but I also really like Amanda. Because I think we can find some works. of those. I feel like most of the Cara people, they walk in lockstep. So that's why they all hated Marie. And then Cara was like, okay, you can like Marie now. So they all liked Marie. Um, <laughs> they all hate Amanda. And I just want, I want one of them to step out and be like, listen, I run a Cara Stan account, but I secretly like Amanda. If if we could get Cara Maria Defender to start liking Amanda, I mean that's like that's goal right there. That's that's like selling ice to an Eskimo. I might need to hop back on Twitter and e fight with Cara Maria Defender again. You guys may remember that uh, we got into it last last <laughs> season. Um, might have to start that back up again. We'll see. Twitter fights really boost our download numbers. Like ever since being involved in all this Mikey shit on Twitter, I mean, our mentions are up, our impressions are up. We're getting like a few hundred thousand impressions on Twitter. Easy. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's honestly insane. Our stats are nuts right now because of constantly being involved in the stupidest fights I've ever been involved in in my life. We need Guys, more of those. Just, just wait till we get Shane. Wait till we get Shane. That's all I'm saying. It's going to happen. <laughs> all right. So then after this little fight, um, you know, you have some more Zach, Banana, Wes, whatever, and you just see Zach really all out of sorts, which foreshadows us and leads us into this elimination. Um, now... This elimination, just off the visual bat, walking in there, I don't know if anybody, I mean, actually, I know a lot of people know this because I brag about it all the time because I think it's such a cool skill. I can name every country on this fucking planet, and 
I would have destroyed this elimination. I wish there was more countries that they had to pin up there. I mean, this was made for me apart from the physical climbing part because I don't think I could have done that at all. If um, if Shani and I were on a team and we were on this season, oh, we would smash this. We would have called. We Oof. would have called any team. Okay, Oof. Shani is a world traveled woman. I got second place in my sixth grade geography B. Like, wow. We know people, That's a team. We know That's a team. Shit. <laughs> I would have called any dog in the yard. Plus, the you're kind of like lanky, and you're yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very light, little muscle mass to hold up. It's this I is could, like you know this yeah. is the beneficial. I could handle, uh, yeah, I could handle the climbing part for sure. And uh, you know, I'm pretty good with my countries. Bangladesh, I might have been a little like. Uh, uh, I could have told you where that yeah, is. Exactly. So, so <laughs> you would have been able to help out with the, with with a lot of the difficult ones. That would have been so much fun. I can't believe that they brought in general knowledge onto the show. Usually it's it's so, I mean, it's so isolated into whatever is there. You know, it's like a, a tanagram or something, a puzzle they have to do. All the information is inside the ring. They don't have to usually bring in outside information in order to accomplish the challenge, which I thought was just so cool. I love it. Yeah, like even the elimination was on point. Do you remember that stupid elimination last year that Natalie and Polly were in where it was like a moving pyramid and they had to put together a puzzle oh, on Oh my it. God. It so stupid. Once I, again, it's Against like, Davon and, and Jose. Yeah, that yeah, one was Jose. so lame. Once again, it's like scale back what you're doing here it's like just break it down simplify this shit and you can make it more engaging yeah definitely i mean you could see the step up in terms of game design instantly we had some problems with the first few you know the tire challenge whatever it was but i i knew that it wasn't gonna be like that for the rest of the season i had a feeling we were gonna get into some delicious competition um so Um, i mean that was awesome name the countries shani was in last summer that could be a saniac quiz that's fucking great (laughs) where was i last summer like israel mexico Oh, man, that's really funny. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we go into the voting and elimination, and this is where things get a little bit tense. I was uh, quite a fan of this uh, moment with TJ chiming in. Um, You have Polly who obviously votes for Kyle and Maddie, Ninja, who votes for Kyle and Maddie, following suit. Wes and Dee both vote together. They vote for Bananas and Morgan. And then you have Ash and Cam, who both throw their votes at Josh and Amanda, which is a strange move because I assumed... Stupid. I assumed they had thrown Josh and Amanda in as an initial burn vote, and then we're going to make a power play once they got in there. Um, And, you know, it very well could have been the plan that they would have waited until TJ forced them to make the move so it didn't seem like it was an initial, you know gunning for bananas and morgan right away which is you know in in terms of strategy that's pretty pretty decent that's pretty decent thinking on cam's part um and then of course ash changes his vote for bananas and morgan because tj gives them the most threatening look and few words he's ever done in the challenge he's like are you sure about that are you sure are you sure you don't want to change your vote it's like your teacher. Are you sure it's C? Are you sure? You're like, no, it's B. Are you sure it's B? Are you sure? I think it's A. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they were fucking terrified. And it would have been really, it'll be really funny when it's revealed that like, oh, we were just going to like make them revote. <laughs> you know, it'd be something <laughs> like that. Like, oh, the consequences, they, they, there weren't any. No, no way. The consequences would have been they were like in the tribunal and then, you know, the other. <gasps> Oh my God! How cool would it be if the nominees got to then vote somebody from the tribunal into elimination? Mm. Ooh, that would have been I crazy! Like and I the like bananas and Kyle could have coordinated to send Wes into elimination. I mean, that is 
damn, I'm actually really sad that they didn't stick with their initial votes. I don't even want to think about now. that. That would be horrible. That would be the worst possible outcome. No, I would have been down with that. That would have been a crazy, hilarious outcome. <sighs> I would have definitely been a fan. <laughs> that would have been so great. Um, okay, so then we get into the elimination. Breakdown of this, basically there is these two giant walls and they have the map of the world. Real, real quick. Go for it. Let's talk about let's talk about Johnny and Morgan. They get voted in. You called this, you know. Yes, I did. Um, I have several points I want to make. First and foremost, like I said, Johnny didn't really seem to me like he was focused on the season. Didn't really seem to me like, I mean, he hitched his, he hitched his wagon to Morgan. Uh, mm-hmm. She, she didn't have as much clout in the game, you know, that all, all kinds of things. And then they go out early. But what I want to say is two things. First and foremost, Johnny and Zach consistently all episode long and on Johnny's live after the episode talked about how good of friends they are. Where the fuck did this, where, where did this, this bromance come from? When did Johnny and Zach become such good friends? What Whoa, they've been, they've been friends for a while now. Th- th- this shit is, is wild to me. They're, no. they're just... What do you mean? Last season, he, him and Amanda went into elimination because they couldn't decide between sending in Amanda's close friend and, and, and Zach's was, close friend. And that was fucking crazy, too. Like, this is what I'm talking about with Zach. This guy spells his name with an H, just like I do. You are bringing <laughs> a bad name to Zach with H's. Oh, what you are, have no getting, problem doing that on your own. You're getting this <laughs> caught up over johnny bananas you're like oh my god johnny but he was like crying he's like oh my a good buddy of mine's in trouble now it was definitely because of jenna like he seems really down because of this whole thing with jenna you can see it in his eyes he's like all depressed the guy doesn't want to do anything he's so sad he he's a wreck when they're not doing well in the relationship you could just tell it right away but you can't be confused as to why zach and bananas are friends because they've been friends for a while now that's just you not paying attention why do people not Listen, when Shady Shane last season was preaching gospel that Johnny and Kara are the most self-absorbed people on the show, they do not actually care about the majority of the people outside. They 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 only care about their brand, their appearances. Like Sarah has said on numerous occasions, long before Johnny stabbed her in the back, that her and Johnny were tight, but they literally never hung out outside of the show because Johnny just he doesn't roll like that he's only about himself and his brand like we're talking yeah but that's okay okay but i have a problem with that i have a problem with people say that because like personally for me work is 99 percent of my life like i this is what i do nonstop. on wednesday nights i go home and i upload two podcasts this one and another show that has to blast for thursday mornings for my work and i don't sleep i literally sleep at 6 a.m and then i take a little bit of a nap i wake up and i come in and have some recordings and i do more shit and it's so much more important to me to focus on myself right now than to socialize with a bunch of people like i have tons of amazing friends I don't answer people very often on my phone, but you know, when I do, I'll go through and I'll respond to everybody. I'll catch up with everybody when I can. But my main focus, 100% for the next like five or so years, is going to be myself, my brand, and my career. And I don't think that that's anything wrong with that. And and you you can't imagine like I don't understand why focusing on yourself and focusing on your success is such a factor. And you know, 
we can't judge whether or not he actually cares about these people. Maybe in the house, you wouldn't get along with 99% of the people there. And so you don't hang out with one or two people outside of the show. And everybody would say, well, Calhoun's just caring about his Brent because he doesn't want to hang out with anybody on the show. It's like, how are you going to expect him to get along with all those people? This is a phenomenon. Uh, the way I used to describe it when I was growing up is you have real friends and you have school friends. You have people that you see in the hallway that you're like, oh, hey, you know, maybe you guys crack a joke to each other. You're never going to see that. Yeah, you're never going to see that person outside of school. You're never going to invest any meaningful uh, friendship or anything into that, as opposed to the people that you actually associate with on your own free time. Johnny comes into the house every season and has these friendships with people that that's it. They extend through the show. He does not care about these people outside of the house. And I think that is where Johnny has gone wrong uh, or has gotten outplayed in recent seasons because the people that he's losing to, the people that are going after him, the people that he hates, the lavender ladies and, and mm, that I see whole where life, you're coming from. they all hang out with each other outside of the show. They're all clicked up outside okay, of the show. So that's a good point in terms of how it would affect strategy on the game. But I don't think that Bananas' main focus right now is winning the challenge. I think he's trying to do bigger and better things outside of the show, like this thing that he has with First Look. You know, it's probably paying him way more than the challenge is going to. And so I think he's more focused on that. But I hear what you're saying. And it's actually something to notice when it comes to strategy is that being real friends with these people outside is a lot stronger of an alliance than, you know, the sort of little mumbo jumbo lines that we see now. So I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying in that way. But I now. wouldn't I wouldn't fault him. Like I'm a big fan of someone who hustles. I appreciate that. To post three posts a day on Instagram that look good, that are all great with the right <laughs> hashtags, that garner enough like freaking likes, whether or not we care to you know, appreciate that as a workload. Like that is a work. That is content production at its finest, especially in our modern generation. And we have to appreciate that. It's not just some random human being doing nothing. Like ad, booty, whatever the fuck. Probably took them like 10, you know, 10 hours to take that right photo lighting all perfectly their stomach has to be nice and flat then they have to do all the photoshopping they have to do all the edits all the pic all the filters you know there's a lot that goes into that stuff we'll we'll stand on our sides here we've made our stances clear on this and i'll go into my second point about johnny going into elimination now first and foremost i do want to say props to johnny for uh actually calling out Zach into elimination, which was a stronger player um, and something that I didn't think he would do. I feel like Johnny usually takes the easy way out. So that part was cool. But in terms of pure strategy, I disagree with his decision on so many levels. And I'm going to tell you right now, there was such an obvious team to call into that elimination if you're Ew. in Johnny's position. Let me lay it out here for you people. So Johnny was pissed at Zach. Johnny sees the oh, elimination. Oh, Jenna Gus. Jenna and Gus, two, mm. as far as we can tell, complete airheads. You see <laughs> a map, you see Jenna and Gus, and you want to get back at Zach. Mm. First and foremost, I, I also want to throw out there, I'm saying first and foremost way too much. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to cut that out. It's okay. Sometimes, I say yeah, I think so, also yeah, a lot. Yeah. People have crutch words. They lock into them. Zach's partnered with Zahida. Zach's Who's partnered with one of the worldly people. Yes. And- I don't but she's think, also, but she's an idiot. But she is international. Yes, but I don't think it, it would be a shock to, to say that people who live in Europe, people who live in like 
people and who you were are out from of the states. Side, <laughs> yes, they yeah. know. They know because those countries and those continents are closely bunched together. The and they United travel states, more. They travel yes, more. And it's easier to travel. It's easy to travel mm. through Europe. You're traveling mm-hmm. through all these different countries, and it's like you're driving from uh, California to Arizona. Hundred percent. Yes. So those people by nature, like the U.S. is a more isolated country. And you've got a lot of people here that don't really care to learn world history. They don't need to. But you've got people like Zahida who by nature, uh, first of all, she's, as she said, didn't she say she was born in Bangladesh? Like she knew, yeah. where, she knew where a lot of these places are just naturally. Like she was not going to struggle with that. That was an immediate disadvantage for Johnny's team. You mm-hmm. look at Jenna and Gus, are you Jenna probably doesn't know where South Africa is and she's been there I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure she's been on a season in South Africa Gus that guy doesn't know shit and he'd be the one climbing that would have been such an easy victory for Johnny and Morgan and it would have accomplished Johnny's goal to get back at Zach that would I, to- have been I totally go. agree with that I, I I mean, Jenna, and, and also if you eliminate Jenna and Gus, like he's already so in pieces because of his relationship. Imagine the breakdown. Jenna can hold her own a lot better without Zach around than Zach can without Jenna around. And it's apparent every single time this kind of thing happens. And I think that he just gave him an opportunity. He gave Zach an opportunity to get himself safety for the week after, you know, basically get momentum in terms of winning that that challenge and it was a really bad play on his part i agree with that it was too emotional yep it was and, too and emotional he, he wanted to make the big play which i totally support you know some people might think an easy play would have been to try and go after Zach, uh, uh, josh and amanda or something mm. like that um so i respect the play he made but you just you didn't do it quite right you yeah. could have taken you could have cut Zach a lot deeper, taken out his girlfriend, and it would mm. have been a much easier matchup for you. One step further in terms of his thinking and would have gotten him a lot better of a result. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I, I mean, listen, I know people are saying in the comment section like Europeans, they're smarter, da da da. I've met a lot of really stupid Europeans, so let's not get it twisted in terms of, you know, education and all of that. I think there's an equal balance. You can find smart people everywhere, but in terms of travel and geography, we just have to understand like they're they're driving to France, you know, it's a lot yeah. simpler, it's a lot easier. Um, um, yeah, I'm just I'm talking about the structure of the globe. It's a and lot And they easier and they go for... to Asia and stuff, but they also yeah, have more of a I'm travel they also have more of a travel mentality, whether or not it's closer or not. Like I have a lot of friends from from the UK that did South and Central America with me. And I, I mean, I was barely around any Americans and it worked way closer to the States than we were, you know, to all of Europe. But they're easily like 99 percent of the traveling population is is Europeans, Australians and that kind of like genre of human, which is um, weird because we're closer. Going from like the United Kingdom down to the Middle East. That I mean, that distance that that's like probably closer than going from Pennsylvania to, down to Mexico or yeah, or like UK all Israel yeah. is like five hours. It's such an easy yeah, flight. Yeah, five hours. That's that's not. It, it takes me five hours to get from Pennsylvania up to Canada, and we go through approximately one state. If you're driving from the UK <laughs> or if you're going from the UK into the Middle East. That is, do you know how many different countries and places you're going through? Okay, but nobody's driving from the UK to the Middle East, just so we're like understanding what's happening here. (laughs) There's just so much that you're traveling through. It's, it's, it's a lot more um, distinct that you're soaking up. And so, yeah, it's not about general level of intelligence as much as it's about awareness. 
Oh, Michael makes a good point as well uh, that it's also a lot about knowing the flags. And, you know, that's definitely something that's not going to be easy for somebody who has not traveled a lot because flags, uh, unless you use emojis a lot, but flags are pretty distinct. You know, you have to really know a flag uh, and it's hard to guess those things as well. I loved watching at the end when they nailed Japan and they just sort of like flung up the magnet. That was cool. That was really awesome when Johnny did that. Yeah, I was a fan Uh, of that. Yes, Shani, or yes, Erlene, I'm actually very good at geography, unless you're talking about Zach on the show. I think Zach so. on the show knows geography. Is, yeah, I mean, he, he, seemed, he seemed all right with it. It's just hard trying to do a mental challenge while doing a physical challenge. So that's why, you know, Zahida for sure took the lead on that. Because yeah. when you're, I mean, if you're just like the workhorse, it's a lot harder for you to step back and think as well. Um, okay, so just in case you guys don't know, because we didn't do the breakdown of this. Basically, there's two giant walls. There's the map of the world on either end. They had a set number of flags that they had to um, put onto those countries, the corresponding countries. And, you you know, they were magnetized, which when I was a kid, I used to love magnets. So I'm like a big fan of anything magnetic. And uh, and they would have to climb up this sort of like rock. It's very ninja warrior skill set based. You know, there's a lot of rock wall type things. And they were very small. You need a lot of grip strength. Difficult for two monkey sized men. And they had to put those corresponding flags up there. Whoever got the most won at the end of 15 minutes. So it was like a 15 minute burn. Who can do this the best? And Zach and uh, Zahida finished with 18. And Bananas and Morgan finished with 15. Uh, Erlene, first and foremost, I know that I'm just talking like in terms of hours. That's all I was trying to get down. I'm just there trying is, to get. Wait, there is. You can drive of, from the UK to mainland Europe. Just FYI, you can drive because you could do the drive to Amsterdam. People do it all the time. And then they bring back weed. Yeah. Er- Erlene's trying to act like she doesn't <laughs> live in Virginia where he's got that beautiful Chesapeake Bay bridge driving over the water. Like I think that. it's un- I think it's the underwater thing. Either it, it, or There's it, a train for portions, sure. Yeah. Hold on. I got to look this up now. London to Amsterdam. Maybe there's not. Maybe there's just the train. No, but I think, you, to, I think you can drive because I have had friends who've done that drive. I'm going to have to agree with Enos. Zahida yeah. is fire. She is. Whoo. Yeah, you can drive. You just go. You go across the little British Isles there. I think under road. This route includes a car transport through multiple countries. Yeah, yeah. You can see them. They're like these little underground things. Um, anyway, so so there is that. But you can't drive all the way to the Middle East because once you hit some of those countries, you're screwed, like, going through. And you can't go from Turkey, then inland, and then you're heading – like, I mean, you're just – you're fucked, basically, at that point. But ISIS really, it's, it's just that that general sense of, of hours that you would have to travel. Like, if you were going in a straight line, it, it, it's, it's important to apply that um, – I think you see that stuff all the time where it's like, here, here's how big Texas is. And then you just fit like all of Europe inside of it. Shit like that. Those kind of diagrams. <laughs> so you're yeah. trying to like. People yeah. do that with Israel all the time because we always say like, like any Jew is like, no, Israel's tiny. It's tiny. And you could put like 30 of them in Florida or something ridiculous. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like people always make those kind of maps. Um, okay. So let's wrap this up. I just want to know your thoughts on. I mean, predictions for the future, because this gave us a lot of foreshadowing, I think, this episode. Uh, Wes is going to run the game. I think Wes will easily make the finals. He is set up. He's just got it all going. Um, You think he'll have um, any opposition? And from who? Nope. He just took out his only opposition. That, That shit was like, that was like royal. Like who's gonna step up? Is Car gonna step up and oppose them? Nope, I feel like, like Bear and Davon might try and lead a little revolution. And and we did see that in in the trailers, which 
I can't fucking wait for. I hope that happens. I hope yeah. they try. I hope they try. I don't think they'll succeed, but that's how you become a better player. You have to take that shot. You have to learn from it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Wes is going to run things, and people won't realize it until it's too late. Um, what are we thinking about Nani? About Nani and Turbo? I don't know. I mean, there's so much hype around Nani. And whenever, I like, you know me, I try to always play devil's advocate, sort of take the other perspective on things. Like, if the majority is thinking one way, I'm just thinking, like, why would I think that way as well? And... I'm not like they're a great team and everything, but it seems I don't know. They're just not giving us that much. Like we haven't seen them shine yet. I think we need to watch them in an elimination and we need to watch them as a head to head battle to watch them see how they work together in that way. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Um, People, I, I guess people missed Nani so much that they forget that. You know, she's never been the best competitor. She's mm-hmm. made one final, you know. Yeah, people, got there people and, act like she's a champ. Like, she's like a four-time champ. Yeah, yeah. She, she's beloved. But this episode reminded me, the way that she got worked over by Georgia, that it kind of took me back to that free agent final when she was on the bike all night, when she mm. didn't, you know, when she couldn't finish it. And it's, it's like, she's never been the best competitor, which as you know, me, like I don't base all my shit, all my thoughts on and feelings on this show based on who can compete and who can't. I care about the entertainment side just as much, the strategic side, all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, this is going to be a very physical season. And I feel like Nani's going to hold her team back. And I don't think that they're going to last as long as some people might hope. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that per se because I do think that the social aspect of the game is really working in Nani's favor right now, especially now that she's going to have to choose between Bananas and Wes. And she has Jenna there, who's a close friend. She has Wes, who you know she's known for years. I'm not sure that people will really take a stab at her just yet. I think she can coast. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see on that. I'm not 100% sure there. I, I think I Nani's... See more. I, I think her, like, her big alliance with Jenna... If this stuff with Zach keeps going on, it's going to get fucking blown up. And Wes is so clearly going to side with all the newcomers. Mm. And is that going to be Nani's game? Is she going to do? Is she going to be able to stay in between all that? We'll we'll see. It could turn. Maybe she falls just short of the finals. I don't think she's going to make it though. Oof, that would really be sad. I'd love to see Wes like just abandon ship of all the OGs for you know Hunter and Cam because yeah. I can see that happening. It's it's so his style and it's so his, his type of gameplay. I could just see it happening for sure. But you know, I mean, we won't know until we watch it. That's that's one thing for sure. Uh, I think that you've got people in there who are going to change things up and do some unexpected things. I know Enos made a comment about Georgia being like the new Svetlana, which I think is probably the best comparison we've had yet. Uh, yeah, she's she might, scrappy, uh, yes. thin. I mean, this is like, you know, this is what she's what she's been showing for sure that she can definitely handle herself just like Svet did. So uh, there's going to be some surprise factors and hopefully we get some Bear and Devon airtime next week because... I miss them. I miss like the fact that Josh and Amanda's fight was the best part yeah. needs to change. Like we need, we it need was, more Theo. It was low key. Yeah, mm. it was low key. Um, I will say, uh, Zahida's accent and George's accent. Listening to them talk about people is hilarious. <laughs> listening to Zahida talk about bananas, bananas, <laughs> bananas. It's hilarious. Um, All right, so guys. More of that. 
I think that we have wrapped it up here. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. Yes, for the double elimination. We will see you for that crazy heights challenge. Uh, tune in every single week. We're here right after the episode. Facebook.com slash Podcast. And, of course, you can follow us on all of the podcast platforms and subscribe to us. iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Play. Uh, not Podcast. Google Play. Pocket Cast, Podcast Addicts, all of those places. We are everywhere. Our numbers are skyrocketing on SoundCloud, which is very exciting. And all of our downloads have been extremely high ever since we've been, you know, getting involved with all this Twitter beef, which I really, really love. So thank you guys for tuning in, for listening every week. And of course, at CNEC Podcast on all of the social media platforms. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you, people. Tweet at Shane. Tell him to do an interview with us. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to get Shane. We we want him in here. We need his sass and we need his commentary. And of course, one last update. Don't forget to check out the new Saniac Podcast website, saniacpodcast.com. We have a new page up with all of Karen's creations. That's Karen Fitzpatrick, who's our awesome graphic designer, and she's posted all of her memes there. So check those out. They're hilarious with lots more to come. All right, guys. See you next week. Thanks, people. See ya.